Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 321. On Now You Know. We're brought to you, as always, by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's a lot of great perks over there. We try and make it really fun to be a patron, and it really helps us out. So if you would, go check it out. We're excited to be working with Omaze to offer you the chance to win a Tesla Model X Plaid. It's eco-friendly, and you can support a great cause, Reverb. Go to omaze.com slash Tesla to enter. You could be driving this Tesla Model X Plaid. It's midnight silver metallic, has seating up to seven, and is the fastest accelerating SUV ever. Yeah, over a thousand horsepower and three motors, and you can do zero to 60 quicker than any SUV on the planet at 2.5 seconds. A range of 313 miles and a top speed of 163 miles an hour, and it even comes with the 22-inch wheels. Plus, your entry will help the amazing work of Reverb. Reverb partners with artists, festivals, and venues to reduce their environmental footprints. Reverb has greened over 350 tours and 6,000 concert events so far. That includes preventing the use of over 4 million single-use plastic bottles. So enter for your chance to win an eco-friendly Tesla Model X Plaid. Go to amaze.com slash Tesla and enter now. So I had no idea that 44,000 homes in Puerto Rico have Tesla Powerwalls. How do you know that? Well, because Tesla tweeted this out last week about Hurricane Fiona. Powerwall powered 44,000 homes in Puerto Rico for an average of five Five days while the grid was down. So Hurricane Fiona swept through Puerto Rico, damaging or destroying about half of their electrical grid and 44,000 people who had power walls did not lose power. Wow. Why isn't this a bigger story? Right? It's, I mean, this is really important. Like this is actually what FEMA should be doing, right? Is bringing power walls to places that get hit with hurricanes all yeah. the time. Because you know, the nice thing about a power wall home is that a bunch of the people in your neighborhood can come over and get warm and get, you know, what they need at your house. Right, refrigerate medical supplies. Exactly. You know, important stuff like that. I feel like a broken record. I feel like a broken record. I feel like a broken What's up? Oh, sorry. Why do you feel like a broken record? Well, because it seems like every week we've been reporting on how well Model Ys are selling in every market. Oh, you're talking about the data just in from Jado Dynamics about September numbers for car sales in Europe? Yep. The Tesla Model Y was the best-selling car across all of Europe in September. 29,367 Model Ys were registered in September. That's a 227% increase from last year. That puts Tesla ahead of even the best-selling ICE cars. Yeah, the closest ICE model was the 30,000 euro Peugeot 208. That has a much lower price tag than the Model Y. Yeah, a 25,000 euro cheaper price tag. And the Model Y still came out on top. So I think that Elon is right. I think that the Model Y will be the world's best-selling car, whether it be ICE, hybrid, or electric, period. Next year, yeah. it's going to happen. Hey, and if you're happy about that, hit the like button. It would really help us out. All right, so two Tesla vehicle recall stories this week. The first is the announcement from Radio Flyer, the maker of the Tesla Cyberquad for kids, that all of them, more than 5,000 units, have to be recalled. Oh, like they have to be brought in and get something fixed? No, the Consumer Protection Safety Commission says that all of them can no longer be ridden. Owners must send in their motor controllers to Radio Flyer to get a full refund. Wait, hang on, they can't just fix whatever the problem is? I mean, what's the problem anyway? Well, it turns out, according to the CPSC, that there was one incident. A 36-year-old female was riding the Cyberquad for kids with an 8-year-old on board, and it tipped over, bruising the woman's left shoulder. And? 
And what? That's it? I mean, some adult didn't follow the directions and now everyone has to turn in their cyber quad for kids? Living in America. (laughs) Yeah, Radio Flyer says that the toy doesn't meet federal mandatory safety standard requirements for youth ATVs, which includes not having mechanical suspension and maximum tire pressure. I mean, I'm all for safety standards, but I mean, come on, this is a toy. Yeah, I just want to point out, I was riding a scooter the other day, and I fell off. You, uh-huh. you saw me. Uh-huh. Uh, everyone laughed at me. It was a big wipeout. I'm glad you were in grass. Yeah. And, yeah, and I got some nice bumps on my shoulder, and I didn't ask for it to be recalled. Like, that's just what happens when you ride things sometimes. You fall off. This feels really fishy. Either someone really wants to stick it to Tesla, and this is their one job where they sit at a desk and they roll. Federal mandatory safety standard requirements. That's hey, my excuse job. Me. Um, so you were riding a toy for kids, ma'am, and you fell off? Well, let's get that recalled. <laughs> Can I put in a complaint? about? I, I fell on my bike when I was a kid. Yeah, I think we should recall all bikes. Yeah. I mean, look, they're unstable. They, they don't, don't even ha- stand up. They don't have... Uh, they don't have three wheels. Or mechanical suspension. No. Or, or somebody has amassed a bunch of these and they know <laughs> the, the value on these things. If you have one, congratulations. You, you now have a black market item. Exactly. Uh, no one's means, sending in their motor controllers. Ma- yeah, right? I'm sorry. Nobody's going <laughs> to so do it. Stupid. At, at Radio Flyer, they probably have a guy they hired to be like, okay, now you're in charge of the returns of the motor controller. And he just sits there all day like, no, nothing <laughs> came in today. But you said that there were two Tesla recalls. I mean, what, what's the second one? I mean, did the Tesla Giga Texas belt buckle get recalled because it could fall off and hit your foot? Or was it the, oh, the Tesla wall charger could, could tangle up your legs and make you twip? Uh, it actually involves the Model 3. It seems that on 24,060, Model 3s, the rear seat belts may not have been properly reinstalled after being disassembled as part of a previous service action. So owners are being notified if their car should be brought into a Tesla service location for inspection and the fix, which should be quick and simple. Tesla says that they're not aware of any crashes or injuries caused by this issue. Wow. Because, I mean, all I heard this week was Tesla recalls all Model 3s. And you're telling me this is all it was about? Yeah. I mean, so many people have such a skewed vision of Tesla because all they seem to learn about are the distorted pieces of bad news. This is actually normal. Things like this happen all the time to every auto manufacturer. And in this case, it's an easy fix. All right. So Sawyer Mara tweeted out news. The White House says there is currently no national security review of Elon Musk. And that's from Reuters. And the rumors are not true. And Elon responded with laughing emoji. Now, wait, I mean, there's this big news thing and uh, they're looking into him with national security and he's, uh, he's buying this and he's buying that. He says, Starlink, and we have to look into him. And Yeah, we reported on this um, on Tweets of the Week last yeah. week. And it turns out it's not true. Uh, Gary Black said, hedge funds love to make up shit and get media wire services to run it. Must work. Elon says, one man's hedge is another man's shrub. Oh, Knights of Nick, we have brought you your shrubbery. And Elon was forced to tweet out the other day, this is fake. I did not tweet out a link to the New York Times. And Tanya Davidi tweeted out this meme about North Korea in the media. And Elon responded, all news has bias, some more than others. And look, just a heads up here and all jokes aside, the current media establishment always had Elon's Twitter account with 100 million followers to contend with. But now Elon has officially entered the media business with his private ownership of Twitter. And the big media boys, just like the big auto and big oil bosses, do not like to share. So be prepared for some bloody noses coming up. Yeah, I mean, if we thought that the FUD storm, you know, had been brewing before when it was like, they're going after our advertisers and our our oil people who give us all this money. Now Elon's actually kind of going directly after their business and they're going, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not good at our jobs. How can we stop this guy? And our next story uh, actually sounds very similar. 
You must find another shrubbery! Not another shrubbery! Reuters themselves reported that according to three people familiar with the matter, Tesla Incorporated is under criminal investigation by the Department of Justice over claims that the company's electric vehicles can drive themselves. Ah yes, people familiar with the matter. I wonder if they were the same people who reported that the White House was investigating Elon Musk. Now, I understand protecting sources, but trusting sources, especially when it seems like every Tom, Dick, and Harry have some dirt on Tesla or Elon. Well, hey. Let's assume that the report is correct. We know that our very own Senator Ed Markey hates Tesla with a rank and file union loving passion. So let's just say that this report is 100% true and that Tesla's being looked into about full self-driving claims. You know, the reason why I don't think you see Elon even responding to this is my conjecture is that by the time that this investigation actually gets into full steam, FSD will be out and that is why Elon does not appear to be worried. Because I mean, basically, they're gonna look into whether it was false claims that they right. said. I mean, full can you imagine at the hearing if they're like, "So, Teslas don't seem to drive themselves," and it's like, <laughs> exactly. "Well, Senator, I got here today in a full self-driving car." So we now know that Elon spent the weekend of the 22nd and 23rd in Mexico. Hang on, hang on. I don't think we need to report on Elon's, you know, vacation plans. No, no, I don't think that he was there just as a vacation. He was apparently there on business. Yeah, according to local media reports, Elon and Tesla's business development director Rohan Patel, along with the U.S. Mexican ambassador Ken Salazar met with the governor Samuel Garcia, the undersecretary of investment of the Ministry of Economy Emmanuel Liu, and Ivan Rivas, the secretary of labor. Oh, right. Uh, we're talking about the state of Nuevo Leon. It's where they set up a special customs lane at the border just for Tesla. We reported on that a few months ago. Right. In April, Elon hosted the governor and other state officials at Giga Texas. So it's looking pretty good, right? Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Governor Garcia said, I'm very optimistic and very happy about what's coming for our state. That's why the richest people in the world come here. It's not by chance. In Nuevo Leon, as always, we must be an example of how to do things. So now Elon is going down there for meetings. This looks like Giga Mexico. And you know, I know why. What? Well, we'll talk about it all on Investor Club bonus story this week. So, I mean, Giga Mexico. I mean, we had Giga Beer for Berlin. Yep. I could go for uh, a Tesla Modelo 3. Modelo 3. Nice. nice cerveza, you know what I'm talking about? Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this yeah. more. So SpaceX has just unveiled the flat, high-performance Starlink terminal for installation and use in moving vehicles. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, they say with a wide field of view and enhanced GPS capabilities, the flat, high-performance Starlink can connect to more satellites, allowing for consistent connectivity on the go. Now, the standard Starlink dish costs $599, but for in-motion use, you must purchase the flat, high-performance dish for $2,500. But the subscription fee stays the same at $135 per month. Didn't we just do this with the old dish the other day? Oh, you mean our in-depth that came out on Friday? Yeah, I mean, we were in the Ford with the regular old Starlink in the bed, and we were gaming on it, we were watching YouTube videos. I mean, do we need all of this stuff? Yeah, I mean, if you missed that one, by the way, you should double check your notifications are on because YouTube has been choosing to not share new videos unless you do that. But now I, I have a question because is this the same flat high performance terminal that we saw Starlink sell to Maritime customers? It looks similar. But the Maritime one was selling for $10,000 with a 5000 a month subscription. Right. I'm saying it's deceiving because both of them are white rectangles. But I think the one on the RV is smaller, more like the regular Starlink that usually goes on a tripod mount. 
And I mean, I think that this is really huge for van life people. And I know that you might be like, van life people is a bunch of hippies. Now that you can do stuff like this, and now that, you know, working from home is a thing, people are able to kind of do this as their lifestyle. So they don't buy a house, they buy a van, mm. um, which is a heck of a lot cheaper for mm -hmm. us uh, millennials that don't have a lot of money mm -hmm. and a lot of college debt. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that a solution like this it's uh, definitely something that people are going to be thinking about. Yeah, I mean, we proved this on our last episode. I mean, you mix this with EVs that have plugs or even custom bills, and I think this is going to be massive. And I just want to say, like, a lot of people might be like, van life, that's so weird. People thought it was weird to live in the suburbs until, like, the 40s. Like, I mean, it just, times change and things change, and then people are like, hey, this is great. Okay, class, my name is Mr. Humphreys. Uh, your regular physics teacher is out today. I'll be your substitute. Uh, open your books to page 387. Begin doing the exercises on acceleration for the next hour um mr humphreys uh mr jackson said that we could watch movies today to teach us about acceleration oh uh, okay yeah he wanted us to watch this one uh that's a semi truck what does that have to do with acceleration uh well it's a tesla electric semi truck starting from a standstill and accelerating up an incline while pulling what could be a full load total of eighty-two thousand pounds of gross combined weight the Tesla Semi uses three electric motors and 2170 battery cells, which enables it to drive for 500 miles when fully loaded. It can accelerate from zero to 60 in just 20 seconds, and there's no shifting gears needed like a typical diesel truck. But this is some kind of futuristic prototype. This isn't real. Yeah, Mr. Humphreys, uh, it's real. Uh, Tesla's going to deliver the first two to Pepsi in just one month. Well, I actually learned something today. <laughs> you know what I think is funny here? is that so many people are going to actually have to relearn the trucking industry when the semi-truck comes out because mm -hmm. this video it looks just like, what are you showing us a video of a truck driving? Mm -hmm. But it's an electric truck driving. And I know that for most of us who don't drive trucks, that means absolutely nothing. But first of all, that was silent. In fact, I think there was a truck driving in the background, which mm -hmm. made it seem not silent, mm -hmm. but it was silent. There was no shifting. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. And then when you, they do that each time, you know the diesel that spews I out of it. Know. like. Imagine if you lived right there where this was being shot from, because there's mm -hmm. houses right near highways. I'm sorry, you live in one. Mm -hmm. That's all you hear. That's all you breathe. All the time. So this is a big story mm -hmm. and it's going to be amazing and we're going to have one. So I just wanted to share a quick update on these pictures leaked from what looks like inside Giga Texas. That looks like a Cybertruck shape, all right. <laughs> now on the side there is that blue and white looking logo. I've traced it down to XR or Engineering and Construction Solutions. Mm -hmm. It is an engineering firm which does some steel construction. Uh, however, as the super sleuths over on Cybertruck Owners Club have been figuring out, they might have just made some kind of truss or cage system that goes around the body to protect it during shipping. Either way, we don't know. But it is fun to think about and talk about. And that's why we're so happy to have Cybertruck Owners Club as a sponsor of this show. It's literally free to check out and join. And they're always up on the latest Cybertruck news. So head on over and check it out. Ethan just reviewed the High Boy KS4. It is a budget e-scooter on our sister channel, Now Let's Review. Now, why do we have the Now Let's Review channel? Because we believe that the future of transportation is electric and we wanna share with you as many of the electric mobility products coming onto the scene. Just a few years ago, there was no such thing as an affordable electric scooter. And we were one of the first to bring you reviews of scooters like the Show Me e-scooter when it came out. Now there are way more e-scooters to choose from in many price categories, lots of competition, which is great, but that means it's hard to keep up with all the models, the options, and the features. So that's why we urge you to subscribe to Now Let's Review, where we do all that work for you so you can quickly find the e-scooters that are right for you. 
Now, budget scooters like the High Boy KS4 are important because they don't break your budget. They're an affordable way to get around, and for many people, they have all the features you need without the ones you don't. And I mean, I just want to point out, if you look at this scooter, it looks a heck of a lot like the Show Me, mm-hmm. but it costs a heck of a lot less than it did back in the day, and that was before inflation. Yeah, and there was this study that just came out uh, in Atlanta of when they had COVID, and they had to shut down all like scooters at a certain time of night, and so they did the study to show what the traffic effects were, and this was only late at night where there's not much traffic anyway, but having scooters and e-bikes on the road actually cuts traffic for cars by 10%. Wow. And that's, I think, very skewed because I think this was only at night. I think if you actually did this during the day, you'd see that adding e-bikes and scooters to a city actually helps everyone. Mm, I definitely agree. And I'm just so glad that we're getting really affordable options like this high boy. And just one more point. If you're on a scooter, you can cut in and out of traffic. So you're not stuck. I mean, if you're in a car, you're just stuck, right? But if you're in a city and you're like, you need to get 10 blocks, a scooter, you're probably going to beat a car. And I can tell you from experience, there are so many little shortcuts and back routes and stuff where you're going to like maybe pick the scooter up over a curb Mm -hmm. and then hop into a parking lot instead of having to go all the way around. I mean, the world is built for cars, but it's not really built to get them around efficiently. And a scooter can just cut through stuff. And honestly, sometimes it's faster than driving. Yeah, I mean, I was just in New York City and I'm like, you cannot park a car there. (laughs) All right, so last Wednesday, Elon officially inked the deal and brought Twitter into the fold. He tweeted, entering Twitter HQ, let that sink in. Because he... He's carrying a sink. He's a dad joke guy. Come on. He brought the sink in. He bought a sink. (laughs) And brought it to Twitter. <laughs> Just for the joke. Just for the joke. It worked, though. That's commitment. That is commitment to, to, to the com- joke. To the comedy. Yes. Yeah. Um, he tweeted out, the bird is freed. And then he tweeted this out. I think it's important. It, it's a letter that he tweeted out to, to Twitter advertisers. And I think it's important to read this letter. Dear Twitter advertisers, I wanted to reach out personally to share my motivation in acquiring Twitter. There's been much speculation about why I bought Twitter and what I think about advertising. Most of it has been wrong. The reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. There is currently great danger that social media will splinter into far far right wing and far left wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide our society. In the relentless pursuit of clicks, much of traditional media has fueled and catered to those polarized extremes as they believe that is what brings in the money. But in doing so, the opportunity for dialogue is lost. That is why I bought Twitter. I didn't do it because it would be easy. I didn't do it to make more money. I did it to try to help humanity whom I love. And I do so with humility, recognizing that failure in pursuing this goal despite our best efforts is a very real possibility. That said, Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. In addition to adhering to the laws of the land, our platform must be warm and welcoming to all, where you can choose your desired experience according to your preferences, just as you can choose, for example, to see movies or play video games ranging from all ages to mature. I also very much believe that advertising, when done right, can delight, entertain, and inform you. It can show you a service or product or medical treatment that you never knew existed, but is right for you. For this to be true, it is essential to show Twitter users advertising that is as relevant as possible to their needs. Low relevancy ads are spam, but highly relevant ads are actually content. Fundamentally, Twitter aspires to be the most respected advertising platform in the world that strengthens your brand and grows your enterprise. To everyone who has partnered with us, I thank you. Let us build something extraordinary together. Elon also changed his Twitter bio to Chief Twit. And according to the Washington Post, the chief twit fired Twitter's top four executives, including Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal. 
Elon went on to say that he intends to do away with permanent bans on users from the platform. And if you were wondering who this letter would be read by, GM just announced that they will be pausing ads on Twitter. Yeah, GM spokesperson David Barnes said, We are engaging with Twitter to understand the direction of the platform under their new ownership. As is normal course of business with a significant change in a media platform, we have temporarily paused our paid advertising. And uh, I think it's because GM is a little bit worried. I think that advertising works how advertising works on Twitter. I think it's going to continue to be pretty much the same. But this is like a little, hey, we don't want to pay our we don't want to pay our competition. competition. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of a disadvantage for them. Yeah. Twitter has, uh, well, who knows how many active daily users, but... Uh, I think you had a good point the other day. Mm -hmm. Advertising works. And and I think that the the sucky thing is, is that it's really hard to admit that. It's yeah. really hard to admit that... Because like, we all hate ads. And we all go like, I don't like ads don't work on me. Listen, to, <laughs> hey, listen, ads don't work on me, okay? You can show me a million ads, never going to buy any of their products. They work. I'm sorry. It does suck. Works on me. Works on everybody. And and I do want to say, back in the old days, mm -hmm. everyone got the same ads, right? right? Now we have targeted ads. And if it's done right, it's actually like, like Elon oh, said. that's fine. Yeah, it's this like, oh, exciting. I do like that. And um, I mean, would you rather sit through a bunch of things you're not interested in or watch a bunch of things you are interested in? Right. So let's just do it right, advertisers. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think it's also interesting the other things that he talks about, how he wants it to be this digital town square. I don't. I still don't understand. Twitter is like the, not the platform for that, in my opinion. Twitter right. is has already been a hellscape. He can change I, that. I don't think that. Okay, yeah, he he might. I've I think you maybe. I don't know what to do. Do you lengthen the length of the thing to have a real He's gonna conversation? Fix it. He's, He's gonna fix it. All right, we're gonna stay tuned. He's going to fix Twitter. Didn't know you could do that. Well, let's get back to Tesla. Okay. Right? That's why we're here, yes. right? So here's another new feature brought to you by Tesla's over-the-air software updates, tire season option. So now you'll be able to select between wheels and tires. Owners can now select between all season and summer tires or winter tires, depending on what is currently installed on the car. Tesla says, run this configuration after each tire rotation or replacement to optimize your drive. It's not clear exactly how the calibration works, but my guess is that the computer will learn how your range is affected by each type of tire and adjust your range estimates accordingly. Yeah, each type of tire has like different rolling resistances and tire inflations. I'm not sure if this is rolled out only to Model 3 so far or if Model Ys are getting it too. So far, we haven't heard of any Model Ys getting it, but comment down below if you drive a Model Y and you've gotten this update. Now. I, I think that the range thing obviously makes a lot of sense. It's probably the most important thing that it could be talking to you about. But I do wonder if it could affect traction control. Because being, I think when you take a sharp turn and and you like way too sharp and the wheels are going to slip on you. Are you um, speaking from experience? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, it you know, different conditions or something like that. If it could figure out, oh, the wheels slip at this amount of, uh, you know, sheer stress or whatever. Uh. Um if they could do a little bit of math and be like, hey, we're, we should affect the traction control here. We should, I should be letting oh, off because the power changed before the I start to slip the tires. I see. And then when I change tires, it goes like, okay, well now what? And then it gotcha. goes, oh, I figured it out. And then it's, so that way I don't put on the winter tires and it's like, oh, let's give it all the juice. And it's, and, you know, I mean, it doesn't do it that badly, but I'm just saying, <laughs> may, I, listen, we, uh, we got to figure this out, you know? They're figuring so it what out. we got a community for. And another feature that may be coming to Tesla soon, traffic announcements. Not a Tesla app says that they found some hidden code in the 2022.40 over-the-air software that points to traffic announcements, including this asset image. Mm-hmm. Look at that. What are traffic announcements? 
Uh, I, traffic announcements are announcements given over the vehicle's speakers to inform the driver of local updates, like construction ahead or rerouting due to traffic accident ahead. Oh, okay. So could this have anything to do with the new Tesla partnership with emergency safety solutions that we reported on recently? It could. I mean, Emergency Safety Solutions provides a way for disabled vehicles to transmit where they are. So it could be that these traffic announcements will include disabled vehicles in the area. So this sounds like a very Waze-like feature. But my question is, do you have to get them announced to you over the speaker system? Why can't it just pop up on the screen? Like, couldn't I choose that? I hope so, because, yeah, I wouldn't want it to be like, a disable I'm like I just I, I would mute it I would shut it off completely I would I would much rather see it on the on the map and also I mean look if we have that as an asset image mm -hmm. my guess is that you tap that and you can tap it again and you know it'll either it'll toggle it on and off Waze is a you know money making app mm -hmm. and it's a crowdsourced information right you report two ways oh I just saw a police officer mm -hmm. I just saw a disabled vehicle hang on mm -hmm. Tesla's don't even need you to do that because when I'm driving along with Waze, I'm sorry, I'm not a very good Waze user. I usually don't tell people what's going on because I'm just too busy. Mm -hmm. You don't like their points? You don't want the, you don't want the points? You yeah, don't get the little crown on your... I haven't gamified myself okay. that way. But I think the Teslas automatically can do all that, right? They've got an AI and cameras, so they can just be like, disabled vehicle, cop, blah, 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 construction. Wait. Oh, I see. So you're saying that they could have a smart Waze where all the vehicles are reporting all the time. Right, so they have way more data. Cause like you're relying, when you see that like traffic up ahead, mm -hmm. you're relying on someone to have reported that. That might've been eight minutes ago and maybe true. it's old data. Right. But like a Tesla might've passed it 30 seconds ago. It's true. Um, and I think that, I mean, cause here's the thing, right? Tesla probably doesn't want to pay ways which is owned by Google right. for the data because Google's going to be like, oh, you want our data, do you? <laughs> That'll be a four bajillion dollars. Um, so I think that, yeah, if Tesla could come up with their own system, yeah, that could be cool. And they could sell the data to others and it'd be better data. It could be. It could be. It will be. They could. It will be. As each new Tesla joins the fleet, that's going to be more data. So, I mean, they could be starting with this, where it's going to be whatever the ESS system is. I'm and excited. And then they could go from there. Now, did you know that Falcon Heavy has not launched since 2019? Yeah, SpaceX tweeted out, static fire of Falcon Heavy is complete, targeting Tuesday, November 1st for the launch of the USS F-44 mission from Launch Complex 39A in Florida. So, if the weather holds, the fourth flight of Falcon Heavy will be coming up Today, um, it will be putting two Space Force satellites into orbit. Brigadier General Stephen Purdy, Program Executive Officer for Space Force, said this launch culminates years of effort by a dedicated team comprised of mission-focused people from across the U.S. Space Force and SpaceX. The Falcon Heavy is an important element of our overall lift capability, and we're very excited to be ready for launch. And so, uh, yeah, we don't know what those satellites are. I just like that Space Force is working with SpaceX, and uh, that means that, you know, we've got another ally. Like, we're not going to shut down SpaceX if Space Force relies on them. Oh, you mean SpaceX's ally? Right. Yes. Gotcha. All right. Because, I mean, you know, we're all worried about, like, the, you know, the government being like, SpaceX, slow down there. You know, but now if Space Force needs them. They do need them. They do need them. They do need them. And I'm just excited for a Falcon Heavy launch today. Yeah, me too. Argo AI is an autonomous vehicle startup founded in 2016 and headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with about 2,000 employees. Oh, let me guess. They have some new system. They're testing using LiDAR. Uh, no. 
They are. Uh, wait, 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 I got it. They're going to start testing soon in LA, like Waymo is doing. No, they are. Um, um, hang on, hang on. I got it. I got it. I got it. They're gonna stop using safety drivers soon, right? No, they are going out of business. Oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah, Ford and VW are the two biggest backers, and it looks like Ford, with forty-two percent, has pulled the plug. So Argo will be disbanded, and the employees will be split between VW and Ford. What, like two dodgeball teams during PE? I'll take the tall engineer with the spiky hair. Uh, I'll take the one in the red shirt. Yeah, so Ford will take Argo's technology and continue developing it in-house. But get this, Ford will be changing the focus of development from level four autonomy down to level three. Ooh, that's not a good look. I mean, that means that they're not having much luck. I wonder if it's because Tesla is sucking up all of the world's best engineers. Yeah, Argo's executives said they didn't see a path forward to make autonomous vehicles profitable. Wow. Uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, just a little reminder, Argo AI was valued at $7.5 billion. And now Ford is taking a $2.7 billion accounting write-off. Ouch, that's got to hurt. That's got to hoit. Um, yeah, this has nothing to do with not being able to make autonomous driving profitable. It has to do with not being able to make autonomous vehicles. A <laughs> little bit of difference there. Yeah. So... Uh, but, I mean, weren't there all those uh, Navi Navigant studies of Tesla being way behind? And, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This okay. is always one of the companies that was the leader. The leader. One of yeah. the leaders. Yeah. Interesting. Good job. Good job. All right. Let's switch to GM here. Mm -hmm. There's two more reasons why GM, I believe, is going to have trouble surviving. Okay. Number one, on GM's earnings call last week, CEO Mary Barra was asked if GM's EVs will qualify for the new federal tax credit. And here's what she said. Yes, we think out of the gate, we're going to be eligible for the 3750 and we'll ramp up to have full qualification in the next two or three years, getting up to the $7,500 tax Whoa, credit. Hang on, hang on, hang on. GM just reported record revenues of $41.9 billion for the quarter with 15.9% U.S. market share and 966,000 units sold. Yes, but if we're right and EVs are the future, then only being able to qualify for half of the EV tax credit means a big disadvantage against Tesla that can qualify right now for all of it. That's a difference of $3,750 per car. Uh, and you didn't mention that GM's EBITDA margin is only 10.2%. That's still double digit margin. Yes, but Tesla's margin is 16.5%. And here's the second reason GM may be in trouble. Barra also announced that GM is pushing back the timeline on their plans to build 400,000 EVs by the end of 2023. That had been their goal. So what's the new timeline? Barra is now saying that GM has taken a little longer than expected to staff their Ultium battery plant in Warren, Ohio. But the plant started pack production last month. Yeah, but they're already experiencing production delays because the packs are proving more difficult to assemble than expected, which might explain why the Hummer EV had to be recalled again because some battery packs weren't properly sealed, meaning water can get in them. But the NHTSA recall only said that 735 Hummers were affected kind of a double bad here because that's all GM has made, which means they, A, haven't been able to ramp production of the vehicle or the battery packs, and B, all the battery packs made were affected. And you know what? Let's say GM can pull off 400,000 EVs by mid-2024. That would be an annual production rate of about 150,000 EVs a year. But wait, Tesla is currently at a run rate of 1.9 million EVs per year. I mean, what's Tesla's run rate going to be by mid-2024? two and a half, three million. That's 20 times where GM will be, most likely. 
So Tesla making 20 times more EVs with a margin that's 60% higher than GM's. Okay, and I just want to get back to this point where, you know, GM has a plan. GM has a plan. We're going to we're going to be making uh, cars. Remember, remember in 2019 when it was 2020. Remember? 20, remember it from like 20, like 17 to 2019. It was like 2020 is going to be the year that GM is going to take the lead on. A, I just came 2021. 2022 20, is going to be the year. Okay, 2023. Sorry. All right. All right. 2024. What do you guys want? 2024. Um, And now it's getting, I, look, in, in a year mark my fucking words it's gonna be uh 2025 we're gonna be you're gonna be amazed about the modern cars we're gonna come out with i'm they're gonna hire vinny it's then? so crazy how i was right and i'm a dumb <laughs> idiot who's on the on youtube yeah. and i was right and everyone was going like jam's gonna be fine 2020 is gonna be the year that jam is gonna take the lead on this yep no <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> Let's go to another car company, shall we? Arguably, the electric car revolution started with a Lotus, and now it ends with one. What? The Lotus Elatre. Elatre. The Lotus Elatre electric hyper SUV. The world's fastest dual motor electric SUV. Okay, wait, so we're talking zero to 60 in under three seconds and a starting price of $95,000. Well, actually, you don't get that kind of power for 95000 That's the high-end Eletre R. But anyway, here are the stats. Okay. Take right. a look at okay. these, my friend. Okay. Huh? Hmm. Impressive, aren't they? Uh, but wait, so do we know the price for the Eletre, Eletre we'll R? We'll let you know about that, so, my friend. So the top end, Just we don't know. Just come on down to the Lotus dealership <laughs> near you. Um, But hang on, hang on. Isn't the Plaid Model X the quickest? I mean, 0 to 60 in 2.5. Five seconds. We are the world's fastest dual motor electric SUV. Oh, because the Plaid has three motors. Right. Yeah, Listen to our marketing. We'd worked a long time to it's get that right. It's the fastest V6 in the world. It's not the fastest car in the world. All right, lads, this is great. We've got the fastest electric SUV in the world. Uh, hang on. Not really, Squire. Uh... We're not as fast as the Model X Plaid, I think. No, what, are you, what are you talking about? We're freaking Lotus. We have to be the fastest. Uh, do you mean quickest? Because you said fastest. Uh, we are. We are the quickest and the fastest. We are two miles an hour faster than that stupid Tesla. But it is quicker. No, listen, that not not fair. They have three motors. That is not fair. Our marketing is to say dual motor. Dual motor! Oh, uh, all right. Can we sell our cars online, sir? No, that's impossible. You can't do that. We are Lotus. You will come down to the dealership like every douchebag who buys a Lotus. <laughs> so, I mean, look, hey, hey, hey. Unleash the future! Unleash the future! Um, yeah, if you want to check out their 43-minute long marketing video. It's so bad. Pretty good stuff <laughs> in there. They got money to spend on the marketing. Um, look, oh hey, God. hey, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I mean, by 2028, their entire fleet's going to be electric. They've great. finally given in. I remember and years ago when we did the show, they were like, we're going to stay with petrol, my friend. The only Lotus that it's going to be electric are stupid Teslas. <laughs> but now here we are in 2022 and everyone's changed their tune. Damn Every it, we had to pivot. <laughs> everyone's changed their tune. And hey, if you want to share one of these stories with your friends, but you don't want to share the entire one hour episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel. There we chopped them into little bite-sized clips that are easy to share. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. 
I love my Hanson razor. I know you do because you take a long time with you're just having so much fun in the bathroom with oh, it. Oh, it's a, <laughs> listen. I I I don't have many things in my life that are machined to this high a tolerance. You've got your Tesla and your Hanson <laughs> shaver. This is uh, it's higher. I have to say it's higher precision. It's, really? I mean, they EDM the thing for goodness sake. EDM. Uh, electric discharge machining. It's wow. it's it's not a cheap or simple process. They do it because listen, you got to hold the blade tightly and precisely, and you want to keep a a good gap. It's what makes it have such a nice shave compared to uh, basically every other razor I've used. Um, I have to thank Hanson for uh, keeping my face not breaking out in hives every time I shave. A little hint here: if you work at Tesla or SpaceX and you're looking for something for Elon for Christmas. One of these. I think he needs it because I've seen his shaves and he's got I, razor I burn. Know, look, I know that he's busy. You know? He's got razor burn now. And it, look, he doesn't deserve yeah. razor burn. Right. He deserves so, a Henson. And hey, if you want 100 free blades when you order your Henson shaver, you can use our code now you know at checkout. Make sure you put the box of 100 blades in your cart when you check out. The Polaris Project is Jared Isaacman's latest endeavor. If you haven't heard of Jared Isaacman, that means that you haven't watched Countdown Inspiration 4 Mission to Space. And you're in big trouble because I told you to watch it and you didn't listen to me. It's on Netflix right now. Go watch it. I'm not being paid to say that. It's only like three hours of your time. Now go do it right now. Stop the show. Go go watch it. Watch wow. the first episode. Anyway, for you good boys and girls who listen to directions, uh, the Polaris Project will be launching Polaris Dawn next year with the first commercial spacewalk and another huge fundraiser for St. Jude Childhood Cancer Research. Remember last time they raised over $240 million for St. Jude. They just announced that they have donated half a million dollars to bring internet to 100 schools in Chile and Brazil using Starlink internet. And we got this really nice video of... Uh, the team talking to students. Yeah, it's kind of like a little tearjerker there yeah. when they say like, how many of you want to go to space? And it's like, oh my God, some of these kids who may never have even been able to do this are going to get to hear about it because of the internet being brought to them. We're talking about places on earth where the internet just does not exist yet. And it's hard to picture, but like, that means that these kids just have such a huge disadvantage. And now with Starlink, they don't. Right, the internet's right above their heads. Yeah. Um, again, do yourself a favor, watch Countdown before Netflix stops letting you use your brother-in-law's password. All right, it's time for Going Green, brought to you by EcoWare. And this week only, take advantage of EcoWare's limited time only Moonderwear sale. Use code Moonderwear at checkout to get 10% off all items on the store, like our Moonderwear. In the year 1969, man first landed on the moon. Now, in 2022, the moon will land on man. Moonderwear, only available at ecoware.us. And don't forget about the front of the Moonderwear. Uh, Jesse, you have a pair of these, don't you? Uh, yes, I do, and they are very comfortable. And before you buy your Moonderwear, we want to remind you about one of our best-selling items, our full self-driving bumper stickers. And this is a perfect stocking stuffer, by the way. Yeah, so we plant multiple trees for every order. We help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. Start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at EcoWare. All right, we love electric school buses. Kids riding to and from school on clean, quiet, safe buses that don't fill their lungs with diesel exhaust. Yes, we do. Now, let's go to Montgomery County Public School District, one of the largest school districts in the U.S., and... 
now the home to the largest fleet of electric school buses. That's right. Last year, MCPS took delivery of their first 25 Thomas-built electric school buses, and now they have added 61 more. That is a total of 86 electric school buses in their fleet. MCPS will replace 326 diesel school buses with electric ones by 2025. Superintendent Dr. Monifa B. McKnight said that when the fleet is entirely electric, we are going to be saving upwards of 6,500 gallons of diesel fuel per day, and immediately this is going to cut costs by 50%. Now, you know who helped make this possible, Jesse? Our buddy, Maryland House Delegate David Fraser Hidalgo. I represent about 130,000 people in my district. So I represent District 15 in Montgomery County, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C. Well, how did he do that? He said toxic pollutants can be as much as 2.5 times more prevalent inside a typical diesel school bus than the inside of an electric school bus. Considering this, along with the carbon emissions caused by the 17,000 gallons of fuel that MCPS diesel buses use daily, electrifying our school bus fleets is an imperative public health, climate change and environmental priority. David played a big role in passing the state of Maryland's Climate Solutions Now Act of 2022, which requires all new school bus purchases to be electric by 2025. Way to go, David and Montgomery County. And by the way, the White House just announced that almost $1 billion of the EPA's 2022 clean school bus program money has gone to 389 school districts across all 50 states of America to purchase over 2,463 school buses, 95% of which are electric. There are still four more years and $4 billion more to be distributed because don't forget, 25 million school children take the bus to school every day in the U.S. and they all deserve to ride clean. Yeah. And if you haven't seen that interview we did with David, it's really awesome if you want to learn more about like getting involved in government. Yeah. All right. It's time for our video contributor stories. And remember to send your stories to hello at now, you know, channel.com. What do we got this week? We got Morgan. He sent us this video contributor story of an EV charging station in Australia. He spotted G'day, Zach and Jesse. Morgan here coming to you from Bondi Beach, Sydney, Australia. And I wanted to show you this prime location parking spot here with an electric vehicle charging station installed by ChargeFox, charged with 100% renewable energy. And what a great prime location. I did see a Tesla charging up here before. And there's Bondi Beach right there. Down the North Bondi, there's a bit of construction and stuff going on here right now. It's low season but what a fantastic spot with free parking if you're charging up your car. Of course, you've got to pay for the electricity, but, and uh, prime location. There's the shops for Bondi Beach, and uh, there's the pavilion right there with food and all your amenities. So I give this rating of this charge point by Charge Fox a nine out of 10. Yeah, and he said, good day, guys. Little EV charger video from Australia attached, inviting you guys to visit Australia. I'd love to show you around. Can take you driving, snorkeling, see Tesla, renewable energy infrastructure. Come visit. Come visit. Yeah, you know I want to come visit. Yeah. Look at that beach. Yeah. It's a perfect spot. Definitely. Cybertruck. And we got this cool trunk or treat event using the Tesla light show. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about using that as With part the of the trunk up. Yeah. Genius. He said that so many people came up to him and said like, is this like a fake car that you built for the event? He's like, no, it's a real car. Where's the engine? <laughs> oh, that's so great. I, I love to see that. All right. It's time for a Patreon bonus stories. And on Patreon this week, we've got Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
Uh, he had a problem with his Tesla, and we're gonna tell you all about it on Patreon bonus stories. A starter car! This car is a finisher car! A transporter of gods! The golden god! I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Yeah, along with Investor Club bonus stories and much more. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know and support us for as little as a buck a month and you'll get all of these Patreon bonus stories. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our Patreon shout-outs. These are people who get listed at the end of the show, and uh, they're super important to making this show possible. Who do we got, Jess? Manuel Londano. William Zobak. Alex Aradze. Peter Hollins. Lawrence D'Souza. And Gordy Ranum. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Spidey Elon fan said, Elon, what about Iran? More Starlink support being sent there? And Elon said, yes. And Squawkbox had this interview with chess master Kasparov. And he said, the cost is huge, but Ukraine is paying this cost. So why are people sitting in the comfort of their mansions in Silicon Valley telling Ukraine how to conduct their own affairs? It's moral idiocy and geopolitical blindness. And Elon tweeted, well, it's true that Kasparov is almost as good at playing chess as my iPhone. He is otherwise an idiot. He went on to say, and I don't even own a house, let alone a mansion, you douche. Chen and Boss says, not to agree or disagree, but you also don't live in Silicon Valley anymore. Elon says, yeah, I'm back to spare bedroom slash couch surfing at friends' houses in Silicon Valley, which I did for about a decade. Frankly, I like it this way. I get to see my friends who I love more often. Spidey went on to say, do you still play chess? Elon said, I did it as a child, but found it too simple to be useful in real life. A mere eight by eight grid, no fog of war, no technology tree, no random map or spawn position, only two players, both sides, exact same pieces, etc." Polytopia addresses these limitations. Renata says, what's your favorite difficulty level if and when you play Polytopia in single player mode? Elon says, I only play Crazy Nines. Fan of E had this quote from Elon, I love humanity and we should fight for a good future for humanity. We should be optimistic about the future. Elon says, absolutely. Marcus House said, still planning on the Booster 7 Starship 24 being the first to launch. Impressive seeing S25 looking so good already. It is truly astounding seeing S24, 25, and B7 and B8 all at the launch site together. Elon said, that's the plan, unless it's damaged in testing. What really matters is that the ship and booster production line is spooling up. Also, each new ship and booster has incremental design improvements. And Musk University put out this really great thread of how we are going to get to Mars. And Elon said, good thread and important. And it's all in Elon's words. It's just his quotes. And mm. it really lays out the whole thing. So I recommend you go check that out. One of those posts was, you can make methane and oxygen on Mars. The fuel is a simple fuel that's easy to create on Mars and in many other parts of the solar system. It's all propulsive landing, no parachutes, nothing thrown away. Elon said, yep. And SpaceX says Starlink is now available in Jamaica, like we reported on last week. Colin Wright says it's going to be amazing watching the left completely flip from supporting Twitter's right to set their own terms of service to advocating for governmental control of Twitter due to spreading dangerous disinformation and national security reasons once Elon takes over. Elon said Twitter should be as broadly inclusive as possible, serving as a fair forum for lively, even if occasionally rancorous debate between widely divergent beliefs. And Dirty Tesla says, I disagree. And Elon. <laughs> Sir Doge of the Coin says, can you just make Twitter more fun, please, Elon? And Elon said 100. Then Elon tweeted out this in Greek, which means dialectic. And the Pope of Muscanity told us what it is. It's a method that is seldom used in the public sphere nowadays, for it requires two individuals interested in the truth. Most politicians are lawyers. Lawyers don't care about dialectics or the truth. They're interested in winning arguments. And then Elon tweeted out, what lesson took you the longest to unlearn? And Lex Friedman said, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Fasting has made my life two times more awesome. 
Elon said, fasting rocks. And it's a really good thread. A lot of people put their things that they learned and turned out to not be really true. Uh, and Elon tweeted out, works on any moving land object. And he's talking about Starlink. And we had this proved on our last in-depth. You should go check that out. We put it on a Ford F-150 Lightning and you can see what happened. Daniel X said, Apple continues to disadvantage competitors and the impact is huge on consumers, app developers, and now authors and publishers. Without policymakers taking action, nothing will change. I can't be the only one who sees the absurdity. Elon said, concerning. Yeah, the New York Times put out Spotify wants to get into audiobooks, but says Apple is in the way. Mm. And Bill Lee says, Apple is working so hard to protect their monopoly. I mean, ecosystem. Charging 30% and forcing developers to adopt IAP is archaic. Elon says, 30% is a lot. New York Times tweeted out, Elon Musk has emerged as a new chaotic actor in global politics. The billionaire's interventions in some of the world's most combustible conflicts have sometimes been a boon, but his messages have also caused problems. And don't tread on meow says, New York Times has emerged as a new chaotic actor in global politics. The paper's interventions in some of the world's most combustible conflicts have sometimes been a boon, but their messaging has also caused problems. And Elon <laughs> responded with a laughing fire emoji. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, share your stories, your photos, and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Jason sent us these photos of an Audi e-tron parked in front of a 262-foot super yacht that he was working on. And he pointed out that we could charter it for the low, low price of 1.1 million euros per week. Hey, let's book it for our company retreat. <sighs> Michael sent us this lucid air he spotted in Phoenix, Arizona at the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. Our patron Jen sent us this picture of a loner Model 3 that he got while his car was in the shop for repairs. Steven sent us this photo of a Model X he saw while on holidays in South Australia. It's owned by Lumo Energy, which is an energy retailer. Paul sent us this picture of his brother's BYD E6 in metallic green in Melbourne, Australia. He nicknamed it Kermit and said it is so easy to drive and so quiet. He's still waiting for the long-range Model Y to be sold down under and the longer wait for the Cybertruck. And look at the license plate. Barry sent us these pictures of some Rivian Amazon vans he spotted on Interstate 80 in Wyoming. He said it seems to be the hotbed of EVs moving on car carriers. He's also seen a number of loads of Teslas heading east and a truck with three white Hummer EVs. Dylan says, my brother-in-law spotted this crash test Tesla semi at MGA Research in Burlington. It's a crash test place for the government. So it looks like Tesla's been test crash testing it. Mm -hmm. That's a really good sign, guys. Asif spotted a Model S Plaid and the Lordstown plant with the Ride logo taken down. Remember, it's no longer yeah. Lordstown. Mm. Uh, he said the Foxconn signs were up, but I couldn't stop to get a photo. Mark sent us these pictures of a Pokemon Model 3 and a cyber camper he spotted on the 210 freeway in Pasadena, California. Now, it sounds like a crime-fighting duo to me. Pokemon 3 and cyber camper. York sent us these photos of a wrapped Model 3 he spotted in Park City, Utah. We got these pictures of two Hummer EVs spotted in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, along with a Ford F-150 Lightning. And Mark from Australia writes to share this. I couldn't believe the amount of diesel soot on the back of this Nissan. You can barely read the badges. Sad to think we're breathing in that crap. And lastly, Mateo spotted this EV FedEx van in Beverly Hills, California. I believe that's a GM bright drop. Thank you, guys. All right, it's time for supercharged reviews. And remember, we try to get these beautiful ones in there if we can. So send those in to us. Ryan is an expat living in Germany. He has had his Model Y for about a month now and shares this beautiful Tesla supercharger in Lermus, Austria. He said he loved the scenery while charging and there is a cafe for a coffee and toilet. He says lots of electrical travels around Europe are coming. Thanks, Ryan. All right, let's see what we got in the world for new supercharger reviews. 
Hey, Zach and Jesse, welcome back. Jessica Kirsch here with another supercharger review. I'm coming to you from the Gateway Supercharger here in North Austin, Texas. Uh, this location has 18 superchargers. They are urban chargers. They're up to 72 kilowatt hours. Uh, this is located in a shopping mall. There's an REI store. The amenities here aren't superb. I would probably give this a seven out of 10. See you next time. Jessica Kirsch here. Hi, it's Wayne from Calgary on his way to Kamloops, BC. Here we are in lovely Golden, BC, and it's halfway between Canmore and Revelstoke. And I'll give this about a seven or eight because we're, we've got restaurants across the street, three of them, and McDonald's is about a five minute walk away. It does have the added feature of a children's playground, although at this time of the year, that's not much of a benefit. Now you know. Hello Zach, hello Jesse, this is Victor. As part of a recent road trip that we made from Munich, Germany to North Cap via West France, a total of 11,600 kilometers, we called in to the supercharger at Honigswag in the very north of Norway. This is about 30 kilometers from um, Nordcap itself, where incidentally we found two destination chargers. In the supercharger itself here, it's three stalls, 250 kilowatts with space for three uh, further stalls to be installed at a later date. There is a supermarket here, which is open from seven in the morning to 11 at the night. Behind the parking here, there is a car repair shop and um, there's probably a small harbour just behind where you can see that boat. However, there's not really very much to do here at all. If you go around about five minutes drive further along the road, you reach the town itself where there are some hotels, I think two hotels, and a few restaurants and a few shops, but otherwise it's the end of the world. I would give this supercharger location probably three out of ten. So now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. I am just outside of Hudson, New York, where apparently there's a new version three supercharger. Let's switch the camera around. B3 supercharger that's being constructed, eight stalls. We are two hours out of New York City, just outside the city of Hudson, New York, at a Stewart's gas station. Uh, there is food here, and obviously you're like two miles away from Hudson, which has all the restaurants and you know, all the amenities you can possibly want. Basically, it's Brooklyn up in, you know, in upstate New York. I would say give it up an eight out of ten, simply because it's here. Accessible, easily accessible, great uh, location, just as you get onto the main highway out, and um, there you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Uh, we have a website with a map, and the map has all the Supercharger Reviews on it, and you can also submit your own to make the map even better. The other day, I was going to stop at a Supercharger on my way to New York, and I wanted to know what was there, and I clicked on the map, but no one had reviewed it yet. Oh, my. So, New Rochelle, New York, people. Wow. Uh, shame on you. But then I stopped there, and I didn't review it myself, so I guess I kind of botched it. Shame on you. You know why? It was kind of smelly. I should have I should have made a review and told everyone that. See, smelly, smelly supercharger. takes some points off. Takes some points off yeah. there. All right. Well, the good news is we have more superchargers in the world, so okay. maybe some of them are near you. Uh, although a lot of these are going to be thousands of miles away. But I'll start us off the three stall uh, 
probably thousands of miles away in Shanghai at the Baoshan Zihu Science and Technology Base in China. There's the three stall in Jihan at the Daming Palace Building Materials and Home Furnishing at Diamond Store, China. The three stall in Nanchong in Binjiang, Xinjiang, China. There's number 32 in Arizona. It's a 16 stall in Yuma at South Fortuna Road in Arizona. The three stall in Hangzhou at West Lake Service Area North, China. The three stall in Hangzhou at West Lake Service Area South, China. Number 60 in Italy is the eight stall in Palermo. Number 42 in Illinois is the 12 stall in Elgin, Illinois. Number 92 in Texas is the 24 stall in Ennis, Texas. The six stall in Beijing at the Longfor Yizhuang Chanje, China. The eight stall in Shenzhen at Fujian Xiangke Compound, China. The 16 stall at Buttonwillow, Cal Club Road in California. The three stall in Puchan and Zengrong Fortune Center, China. The two stall, only 150 kilowatt, in Kuanghe at the Rongcheng Hotel in China. Number 314 in California is the 12 stall at Elk Grove at Bruceville Road, California. Number 12 in Louisiana is the 12 stall in Covington, Louisiana. And number 1,435 in China, number 4,346 in the world is the sixth stall at Ninghai World Trade Center, China. And a plug here for supercharge.info, really cool resource. Support the work they do by heading on over there. It's where we get all of our supercharge info. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I mean, it's episode 321. I was watching Lex Friedman's latest podcast with Andre Karpathy. Mm -hmm. It was episode 333. And I was like, how did he beat us? What? <laughs> we met you back before you started and you leaped out in front ah. of us, Lex. So congratulations on that. I mean, we know how hard it is to do over 300 of anything. Yeah. Look, thank you for watching the show, for being a part of this community. I love doing the show with you. I love doing the show with you. So thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for sending in all the stories. Like this show is nothing without you. So if you've been just watching and not sending in something, get out there. Yeah, we have hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Yeah, this tell us your stories. Tell us what's going on. That's how we learn what's going on. We're the repository for all this great information. You are a big part of it. And support us on Patreon. The people you're seeing going by here really make the show possible. I, we, you hear us saying it every week. It really is true. That's why we say it all the time. Without them, we can't do the show. YouTube keeps doing this thing where they're like, we're not making money, so who can we take the money from? Oh, the people who make YouTube possible, creators. They keep just cutting our pay. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you so much to our patrons. It, it Again, it would not happen without you. Um, we do try to make it really fun to be a patron we have live streams not just where you fun can talk i mean to us yeah exactly like, like We're not not like the typical live stream it's like oh thank thank thanks kevin 698 <laughs> no we, we act you it'll be a zoom call yeah, you can talk directly to us, ask us questions. Yeah, we had one yesterday. Like, right. that we actually were talking to people, hanging out. It's so much fun. So, yeah, there's so many perks over there. Head on over. You're going to love it. See you next time. Now, now you know. know.